That's right. It's every new Ray. That's what I call this. This is my this rave. This is so good. This came out really good. This is my favorite rave DJ experiment <laughs> you've done. This is National Anthem by Lana Del Rey with Every New Day by Five Iron Frenzy. I created it a month ago. Jessica was like, how are we going to open this if we're talking about a song? I mean, if we're talking about an album. <laughs> yeah. I can't, so, edit uh, any, I can't edit out can't... any of the mistakes when music's playing in yeah. the background. So let's turn <laughs> that off immediately. Because right now we're in front of the paywall. This is part oh, of the free right. portion of this episode. Occasionally yes. we do this. We don't do this with every Patreon. But... Welcome to Lana Del Rey Lion K. Lana Del Rey Lion K. <laughs> so, uh, Lana Del Rey is one of Jessica's favorite artists up to a point. It's been a point of reference for her talking about different things throughout this podcast. And this is not the first Lana Del Rey album to come out since we started the podcast, right? Did, did her I don't last think so. Well, the Spoken Word album came out and then... I. Norman fucking Rockwell came out as well since we've been doing this podcast. Right, which is, the vinyl is printed by Smixel. Oh, there so you go. So there's a <laughs> connection right there. I love that we're doing a Lana Del Rey episode before Ace Troubleshooter. Right, and Magnified Pod's about to do Ace Troubleshooter, so... Motherfuckers! <laughs> listen to this language. This is what happens when you listen to dirty music like Lana Del Rey. So you have a little spinach stuck in your braces from Ugh. dinner, so it looks like you're missing a tooth. <laughs> so distracting. I'm playing the part of one of Lana Del Rey's... Gross, early creepy years, old boyfriends. Creeper, creepy old boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> so since Lana Del Rey has been a point of reference that we've come up with, you wouldn't think it would connect to Reliant K. It really doesn't. It's just that it's an artist Jessica knows. And just like <laughs> I would mention artists that I know that maybe have nothing to do with uh, Reliant K, we, uh, Lana Del Rey's new album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, has come out. Jessica and I listened to the first song. And we were like, let's save this for the podcast. Yeah. So what had happened was Beatrice hit me up over on Twitter and was like, hey, what do you think of the new album? And I realized I hadn't listened to it yet at that point. I knew it was coming out that day. I'd just forgotten to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, man, we got to go listen. And so I put it on when we were in the car. And Danny and I just kind of started riffing on it a little bit. And then we were like, wait. Maybe we should maybe we should make this content. So <laughs> So it's going to be a Patreon episode. We're going to talk about basically what we're going to do is Jessica we're going to play the song, get the vibe for it, then Jessica's going to read through the lyrics like poetry and we're going to take a look at how we feel about each song as we go along. We'll do the first song in front of the paywall. And before we get to that, Jessica just give us a little breakdown about, you know, what Lana Del Rey has meant to you. And how you, what your opinions are about her, you know, last couple of decisions with different albums. So I discovered Lana Del Rey during the, like, Ultraviolence album. And I heard that album and I was just like, I immediately fell in love with it. And so I went back and listened to Born to Die and Paradise. And just so good from the music to the lyrics, everything blended together so well. I love the vibe and everything. And then as she kind of progressed post honeymoon, she's kind of 
gone in a different direction that I'm not as uh, partial to. Mm-hmm. So. And what's that different direction? Like, is it is it musically? Is it just lyrics? Is it just sort of like you emotional just look tone? Look at you over there with your grin. He's just smiling at me. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of interviewing you, which is a weird dynamic it's for this show. It's very odd. I think this also plays into <laughs> why you have connected so much with the last two Taylor Swift albums, whereas before you were not necessarily Taylor Swift, is because you found a, not the same sort of themes, but you found the same sort of pace or cadence. You found some something quality spoke to me. Of, yeah. of folklore and evermore yeah some something of like a, a timelessness mixed with like suburban white ennui right. <laughs> <laughs> like making poetry out of strange little nothing moments like going to the mall or in uh, taylor swift meeting in the back of a mall in taylor swift's case or in lana del rey's case like getting high drinking bacardi's <laughs> driving around Miami with your drug dealer boyfriend like it's it's just this weird like American neo-gothic is that that's not even yeah no it's that's yeah for sure yeah and uh so you ready yes to get into it I was gonna say the reason why I actually listen to folklore is because a friend of mine hit me up and was like have you listened to folklore it's so good and I'm like I don't know what that is and she was like the new Taylor Swift album and I was like I don't listen to Taylor Swift and she was like this is like if Lana Del Rey did a Taylor Swift album it would be folklore Mm -hmm. now I could like go on about on that topic and you know whether that's true or not in the merits of that statement for a while but I won't but it did get me into it, and I was like, yeah, I do like this, so. And last thing I just want to mention is that almost, if this is just weird overall as a Reliant K podcast, and seems like completely out of left field, almost every band-specific podcast I've ever listened to, or artist-specific podcast, has had one random tangent episode. <laughs> So this is our indulgence. How is it that we don't just do a random tangent episode every week? That's how I would <laughs> classify our podcast in general. Well, here we go. Chemtrails over the country club. Okay, next, first thing. What do you think of the art? What do you think of the cover art? I mean, I guess we need like a larger version. This Sorry, is just on Spotify. If we play the first second. Here, let me play the first second of White Dress and then it'll get bigger on Spotify. There you go. Chemtrails over the country club. What do you think of the title? How's it compared to Born to Die or Paradise as a title of, a, of an album? I don't love it. It's... It's very QAnon. It's like very... <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. I get... The thing is, is that I get what it's going for. And it just feels like a forced pretentiousness mm-hmm. that... It doesn't vibe because it doesn't feel natural. It's, it's yeah, it's like a faux Americana. And it kind of, I don't know, it just doesn't sit quite right with me. Also, this is a terrible statement, but Lana Del Rey has not made a good album since she started smiling on the cover <laughs> of the albums. Frowns, Born to Die, Through Honeymoon. And then suddenly... You've got all smiles, all smiles with lust for life (laughs) and just like huge quality drop. So I'm glad she's doing good and she's happy, but kind of prefer the melancholy Lana. Mm -hmm. Well, here we go. 
white dress. We're putting this in front of the in front of the paywall. How is this not going to get flagged? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's totally going to get flagged. Here, I'll put a weird robot filter on it. Hello, <laughs> Jessica. Here we are. Talking about Lana Del Rey's song White Dress. With this robot filter. Is it going to make us sound like robots, too? Yes, you sound like a robot. Oh, wow. I'm a robot. I'm a robot. I'm talking like a robot. <laughs> if you talk like a robot naturally... It's going to make the added robot effect sound way worse. That was the most random SNL reference that I just made. <laughs> it was from when Nicole Kidman was guesting and she was on the Philip the Hyper Hypo sketch with Mike Myers. Gotcha. I'm sure I turned the robot voice off somewhere in there. She so uses the word dress so much. Got my red dress on tonight from Summertime Sadness. In his favorite sundress, watching me get undressed from video games. Honey, you put on that party dress from American. Uh, slipping on my red dress, putting on my makeup from Off to the Races. I'm sure there's more. Mm-hmm. She does have a lot of like imagery that she invokes on a regular basis. And... It's something that I th- I thought she she must have done intentionally for quite a while. I'm not I'm not sure anymore, but <laughs> I'm gonna still give her the benefit of the doubt and say that it's it's intentional. So I am I do feel iffy now about keeping this up too loud. Yeah, but we'll get behind the paywall in a second. <laughs> Why don't you read us the lyrics to this song, and then okay. we'll get behind the paywall, and we we'll really start blasting this album. So far, <laughs> musically, this doesn't sound so bad. This sounds like classic Lana. Yeah, a little bit. So I know when we prepped the show, we this is the only song we listened to ahead of time, and there's something specific in here. The name droppiness. I forgot forgot about that part. She's dropping names like White Stripes when they were white hot and Kings of Leon and stuff. Okay. (laughs) And this is the part. She's got a really beautiful voice, and I don't know why she's doing that, like, whisp- <gasps> yeah, that whispery, like, very poppy thing. It just doesn't, it doesn't really suit her vocal range. Like, she's got a great dynamic voice, and mm-hmm. uh, doing that, that sort of effectiveness on it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And the thing that blew my mind is when we started listening to this, and Lana Del Rey is singing like this, which Jessica's like, oh my gosh. She's singing like Taylor Swift sings on Evermore. Well, I didn't mean it like that. I meant overall. Overall. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess she is. But then she started doing this. She's doing the... That's what I was referring to. I was like, not only is she doing kind of like maybe like a Taylor Swifty poppy voice that could even be from other albums before. But she's doing the Taylor Swift phrasing of... Like Taylor Swift constantly does... She's constantly doing that like melodic rhythm in her vocal melodies. 
Yeah. And I was like, this is like, oh my God. And it reminds me when uh, Christina Aguilera had that album that everyone kind of mocked as her kind of ripping off Lady Gaga. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where suddenly Christina has, Christina Aguilera has an album cover where she's got like robot under, she's like part robot underneath. She's like glamorous, like swept, you know, perfectly combed kind of greased right. up hair or something. Yes. Yeah. And then underneath she's a robot person and everyone's like, this is a lot, this is a Lady Gaga, a Lady Gaga cover. <laughs> And I also remember, like, after Beyonce started, her solo career started really hitting, uh, the first couple, the next couple albums from Mariah Carey had a very clear, like, because Beyonce has a very specific style, the way she does her photo shoots and stuff, and I'm not even, I'm not part of the beehive or whatever, (laughs) but I know, I've seen, I've seen, you know, magazines, and I've seen Beyonce's album covers, and I know what they look like, and the next couple of Mariah Carey albums in the 2000s had a very Beyonce look. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, we're going to get into more of the album behind the paywall. But is Lana Del Rey specifically trying to reverse engineer a Taylor Swift type thing? <laughs> because what? it wouldn't be folklore evermore because clearly she recorded this before that, before those two albums came out. But it's just like, it's that same sort of um, like you said, that like rhythmic vocal thing that she's been doing for years. But also look at the cover of this. this is a very like down home corn phone cover. Like they yeah, got the they're, like they're having a picnic. <laughs> I feel like they're probably supposed to be at like the farmer's market or something. It has that kind of feel to it. It's like a 50s kind of feel, but way too contrasty, mm-hmm. way too crisp. That's the most people that have ever been on a Lana Del Rey cover as well. She just went She's from solo a to just like her and a dude. And now it's just like her and like a ton of people. <laughs> like Lana's just been in her collapsible lung era for way too long now. Like, <laughs> Lana, you got to give me an air for free. Come on. Well, we'll go behind the paywall in one more second, but we got to actually read <laughs> these lyrics. Okay. So here, I'll read the lyrics. Oh, okay. Sun stare, don't care with my head in my hands, thinking of simpler time, thinking of a simpler time, like sun raw, feel small, but I had it under control every time. Sun raw, first name, first, uh, first pop culture or just name drop. Right. Uh, when I was a waitress wearing a white dress... Look how I got this. Look how I got this. When I was a waitress, working the night shift, you were my man. Felt like I got this. All right. You know, yeah, pass, okay. all passable. Works, yeah. Down at the Men in Music Business Conference. <laughs> what? <laughs> you please play that part of the song. Because that was the point. Where we were kind of like vibing on it. We were like, okay, this is working. And then the... Down at the Madam Music Business Cup Friends came on and we were like, what what? I didn't go far enough. <laughs> what? There's so much to unpack here. Because first of all, it's such a shoehorned lyric that really paints nothing. Paints nothing of a picture to me. The men in music business conference. Because I have to ask. What is that? What's a men in music business conference? Because isn't Was that Reliant just... Was Reliant K there? Is this going to yeah. be our tie-in? 
isn't that just the music business? Right. Is this some sort of like straight pride parade <laughs> or some sort of like some sort of like men's rights thing? The men in music business conference? That's just the music business. Men like, like, I don't feel like they have a general conference like that. Can you imagine it's just a bunch of, like, the 80s guy from Futurama's, like, wandering around <laughs> being awful people, probably. <laughs> so, down at the Men in Music Business Conference, down in Orlando, I was only 19, down at the Men in Music Business Conference, a lyric she thought was so nice, she immediately said it twice. <laughs> I only mention it because it was such a scene. And I felt seen. Mmm. No. Bad lyric. It was such a scene, and I felt seen. Do you get what she's saying there? It's like the scene and heard. Yeah, I, I get it. So, so much to unpack here. First of all, Jessica did the math, and this is not any kind of testimonial song, because... First of all, Lana Del Rey did not live in Orlando working as a waitress. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, at least song. to my knowledge. <laughs> like, her parents were rich. Yeah. She came up in New York, and she was never a waitress. And I would assume, like, on iDrive I mean, in Orlando, yeah, right. right? Like, yeah. if there's a conference, then it's going to be <laughs> at the Orlando Convention Center or something, or at least some sort of hotel near I, I think they the go theme into, parks. I think she might, like, name a place. I don't remember, But though. then she mentions summer sizzling, listening to jazz out on the lawn, listening to white stripes when they were white hot, listening to rock all day long. And then later on in the song, she mentions Kings of Leon as well. So this has to be like mid-2000s. And Lana Del Rey was not 19 in the mid-2000s. No. She did not grow up in Orlando. She was not a waitress in Orlando on iDrive. She didn't work at the... She didn't work at the... the spe- she didn't work at Checkers. <laughs> I was trying to think of what's like a goofy restaurant. She didn't work at, she didn't the, work at, the, at the giant TGI Fridays yeah. next to the Wet n' Wild. Right. She didn't work at the she didn't work at the um Tommy Bahamas restaurants <laughs> or friendlies. She didn't work at Senor Frogs. She did work at the Pac-Man restaurant <laughs> yes. though before it went out. <laughs> I think a bunch of these plays have, uh, have gone out. A bunch of these plays we're mentioning have gone out. Um she worked at the ca- what's that upside down building? Wonderworks. Wonderworks, yeah. She worked at the she worked at the she worked at the gift shop. She worked at the snack bar at the Wonderworks. All the Orlando things. And all these skeevy men in music business who feel they need a conference for themselves. In Orlando, we're like, let's go to all places. Yeah, they're like, let's go to Wonderworks. <laughs> Looks like fun. And they got chicks there. <laughs> you should see the chicks that work at the snack bar at Wonderworks. <laughs> I want to take her in the earthquake room. <laughs> Make our own earthquake room. These feel like classic. These feel like classic Lana narratives. So I will say, like the whole fact that this is a men in that sounds so skeevy. That is, yeah. The, that uh, the is men true. in music. I just can't wrap my head around that. I guess I got to Google it, but I can't imagine there's a men in music. Like, what is this? The Promise Keepers? Like, what do you mean, men in music business conference? <laughs> it's so vague. Like, what are they going to talk about? Like, chicks are taking over our, our industry? Like, what are we going to do, fellas? Like, why would there be a men in music business conference? I can't wrap my mind around that. And the fact that she thought this is such a provocative line, that she has to say it twice, two lines apart. It's like, it's it's just, it's bizarre. She does paint a picture, though. Yeah. And you're right, she does paint a classic Lana picture. Because it's this classic Lana picture 
of like someone who works in the music industry. Younger girl, older guy. And is coming to a place that's not exactly a flyover state, but not exactly a center of art and commerce, Orlando. Sure. You know what I mean? And she, so she's coming. He's he's coming to a place and walking into some sort of restaurant, some TGI Fridays or Friendlies or Senior Frogs, and he's meeting this 19-year-old girl who lives in Orlando. Because they don't pay anything at those places. I worked at, you worked at Disney. <laughs> I worked at Orlando. They don't pay yeah, anything they, there. No. So whatever. It's it's painting a very skeevy <laughs> picture, but I feel, I don't, but this is, it's odd. That yeah, it's, the it's new Florida. Lana. Everybody hates Florida. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> they should have met at the Bible vacation. What's that place called? The Bible. <laughs> the, Exp- Holy the Holy Land. The Holy Land Experience. <laughs> met you at the Holyland experience oh my gosh when I, when I was like I want to be a filmmaker everybody's like oh you should get a job at Trinity Broadcasting and I was like no it's not what I want thanks though but well to continue with the lyrics summer's almost gone we were talking about life we were sitting outside till dawn but I would still go back I would do it all again I thought because it made me feel hold on let me put the music back on <laughs> And I thought, because it made me feel, made me feel like a god. Because it made me feel, made me feel like a god. Somehow it made me feel, made me feel like a god. When I was a waitress wearing a white dress. <laughs> Look how I do this. Look how I got this. When I was a waitress. I love your dramatic shift. reading of the lyrics, Danny. You were a man. <laughs> felt like I got this. Down at the men in music business conference. Down in Orlando. Now, was it actually Orlando? Is it just like, is it like Kissimmee or Winter Park? And like, people just say it's Orlando. So this is a bad song. (laughs) Musically, it's fine. Feels like classic Lana, but it's weird she's doing this like breathy thing. Mixed with some classic Lana feel of like skeevy men, like not exactly taking advantage of her, but you're like, it's like subcon. It's like subjective consent. You're like unsure what's going on here and it makes you uncomfortable because you're not really sure what's going on. But it's kind of counter to Lana's new persona where she's more positive and doesn't want to glorify abusive relationships anymore. It's like, are we right on the cusp here? Well, let's go behind the paywall and really dig into the rest of the album. Oh, and they mentioned White Stripes in here. And behind the paywall, we have a little White Stripes mention. Have we ever talked about it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but we'll, t- we'll let it- you can join us at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkinspot to learn about what is Jessica's connection to the White Stripes, which now puts you two degrees from Lana Del Rey of Chemtrails Over the Country Club. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Hey folks, we're back from behind the paywall. And just want to remind you that she also name drops Kings of Leon in this song. And Ethan Luck himself, or Line K member, has toured as a touring member of Kings of Leon. So now, back behind the paywall with you. With us. Back behind the paywall with you if you go to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod. Uh, jumping back in front of the paywall for a moment. Uh-oh. Maybe the reason this sounds like Taylor Swift or Lana Del Rey doing Taylor Swift is because it was produced by Jack Antonoff, who produced 1989 in Folklore. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I went to the Wikipedia for Chemtrails Over the Country Club, I was like, Jack Antonoff, that sounds familiar. And then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, now let's move on to 
Tulsa Jesus freak. <laughs> what will people think <laughs> when they hear that I'm a Tulsa Jesus, Jesus freak? freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? 